Welcome to the Servants of Grace podcast hosted by Dave Jenkins. Our podcast exists to provide trustworthy expository messages through the Bible and faithful answers to your theology questions. Now for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Welcome back to the Servants of Grace podcast and to our theology segment. We have a great question today, and the question comes in from one of our listeners, and they ask this, what are the incommunicable attributes of God? In the study of the doctrine of God, a primary concern is to develop an understanding of the attributes of God. This week, we will consider the incommunicable attributes of God. We have another great question about the communicable attributes of God for next week. At the outset, we must make a distinction between God's communicable attributes and his incommunicable attributes. A communicable attribute is one that can be transferred from one person to another. The Centers for Disease uh, and Control and Prevention in Atlanta studies contagious disease. Such diseases are, are also known as communicable diseases. Such diseases are known as communicable diseases because they are easily transmitted from one person to another. In like manner, God's communicable attributes are those that can be transferred to his creatures. By contrast, an incommunicable attribute is one that cannot be transferred. God's incommunicable attributes cannot be attributes of human beings. Even God cannot communicate certain characteristics of his being to the creatures that he has made. Now, some theologians are asked whether it's possible for God to create another God, and the answer is no. If God were to create another God, the result would be a creature which, by definition, would lack the necessary attributes to describe God, such as independence, eternality, and immutability. So as we examine the distinction between God's communicable and incommunicable attributes, it's essential to explain that God is a simple being. In other words, he's not made up of parts. We have a distinctive body parts. We have toes, we have intestines, we have lungs, and so forth. God is a simple being in the sense that he's not complex. Theologically speaking, God is his attributes. The simplicity of God also means that his attributes define one another. So we say, for example, that God is holy, just, immutable, uh, that is unchanging, uh, omnipotent, but his omnipotence is always a holy omnipotence, a just omnipotence, an immutable omnipotence. All the other character traits that we can identify in God also define his omnipotence. And by the same token, God's eternality is an omnipotent eternality, and his holiness is an omnipotent holiness. He is not one part holiness, another part omnipotence, and another part immutability. He is altogether holy, altogether omnipotent, and altogether immutable. So this distinction between God's communicable attributes and his incommunicable attributes is essential because it helps us to have a clear understanding of the difference between the Lord God and any creature. No creature can ever possess an incommunicable attribute of the Almighty God. Well, the ultimate difference between God and other beings lies in the fact that creatures are derived, they're conditional, and they're dependent. However, God is not dependent. He has the power of being in and of himself. He does not derive it from anyone else. This attribute is called the aseity of God, from the Latin esse, meaning from oneself. Scripture tells us that in God we live and move and have our being in Acts 17.28. But nowhere are we told that, that God has being in man. He has never needed us to survive or to be. 
And yet we cannot survive for an instant without the power of his being upholding our being. God created us, which means that from our very first breath, we are dependent upon the Lord for our very existence. You see, what God creates, he also sustains and he also preserves. And so we're dependent on God at every point and at every juncture for our continuing existence as we were for our our original existence. And this is the supreme difference between God and us. God has no such dependence on anything outside of himself. In an essay, John Stuart Mill rebutted the classic cosmological argument for the existence of God, which holds that every effect must have a cause, the ultimate cause being God himself. And Mill suggests that if everything has to have a cause, then, then God has to have a cause. So to carry the argument all the way through, we cannot stop with God, but we have to ask who caused God. Bertrand Russell was convinced by the cosmological argument until he read Mill's essay. The argument Mill put forth was an epiphany for Russell, and he used it in his book, Why I'm Not a Christian. But Mill's was wrong. His insight was based on a false understanding of the law of causality. The law affirms that every effect must have a cause, not that everything that is must have a cause. And so the only thing that requires a cause is an effect, and effect requires a cause. And so by definition, because that is what an effect is, something caused by something else. But what, what does God require a cause? Well, he doesn't. Because his being in and of himself, he is eternal and he is self-existent. And so the aseity of God is what defines the supremacy of the supreme being. And human beings are fragile. So if we go a few days or, or even a, you know, a, a, without water or, or without a, a few minutes or whatever, without oxygen, we, we die. So likewise, human life is susceptible to all kinds of diseases that can destroy it. But you see, God cannot die. God is not dependent on anything for his being. He has a very power of being in and of himself, which is what human beings lack. We wish we had the power to keep ourselves alive forever, but we do not. We're, we're dependent beings. God and God alone has a satiety. And reason uh, is compel- compellingly demands a being who possesses a satiety. Without it, nothing could exist in this world. There, there never could have been a time when nothing existed because if there ever was such a time, nothing could exist now. And those who teach that the universe came into being 17 billion years ago, they think in terms of self-creation, that's nonsense because nothing, nothing can create itself. This fact that there is something now means that there always has been something. A blade of grass screams the aseity of God. The aseity of God is not the grass itself. A satiety is an incommunicable attribute. God cannot impart his eternality to a creature because anything that has a beginning in time is by definition not eternal. We can be given eternal life going forward, but we cannot get it retroactively. We are not eternal creatures. And so eternality as such is an incommunicable attribute. God's immutability is linked with his satiety because God is eternally what he is and who he is. His being is incapable of mutation or change. And we as creatures are mutable. We're finite. God cannot create another infinite being because there can only be one infinite being, and that is God himself. And so God's incommunicable attributes point to the way in which God is different from us and the way in which he transcends us. 
And so his incommunicable attributes reveal why we owe him glory, honor, and praise. We stand up and we give accolades to people who excel for a moment and then are heard from no more. And yet the one who has the very power of being in of himself eternally, upon whom every one of us is absolutely dependent, and to whom we owe our everlasting gratitude for every breath of air that we take, does not uh, receive honor and the glory from his creatures that he so richly deserves. The one who is supreme deserves the obedience and worship of those whom he has made. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a rating on the app, and share our episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to, you can follow us on Instagram at Servants of Grace, on Twitter at Servants of Grace, or by searching Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this podcast on the front page of our website at servantsofgrace.org.